when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost Lord Jesus. Stately plump bug bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Sylvia Whitman. I haven't even one decent nightdress. This thing gets all rolled up under me besides him and his fooling. That's better. I used to be weltering, then in the heat my shift drenched with the sweat stuck in the cheeks of my bottom on the chair. When I stood up, they were so fattish and firm. When I got up on the sofa cushions to see with my clothes up, and the bugs, tons of them at night, and the mosquito nets, I couldn't read a line. Lord, how long ago it seems. Centuries. Of course, they never come back. And she didn't put her address right on it either. She may have noticed her Wagga people were always going away and we never. I remember that day with the waves and the boats, with their high heads rocking and the swell of the ship. Those officers' uniforms on shore leave made me seasick. He didn't say anything. He was very serious. I had the high buttoned boots on and my skirt was blowing. She kissed me six or seven times. Didn't I cry? Yes, I believe I did. Or near it, my lips were tattering when I said goodbye. She had a gorgeous wrap of some special kind of blue colour on her for the voyage, made very peculiarly to one side like, and it was, it was extremely pretty. It got as dull as the devil after they went. I was almost planning to run away, mad out of it somewhere. We're never easy where we are, father or aunt or marriage, waiting, always waiting to guide him to me. Waiting nor speed his flying feet. Their damn guns bursting and booming all over the shop, especially the Queen's birthday, and throwing everything down in all directions. If you didn't open the windows when General Ulysses Grant, whoever he was or did, supposed to be some great fellow, landed off the ship and old Sprague, the consul that was there from before the flood, dressed up, poor man, and he in mourning for the sun, then the same old revelry in the morning and drums rolling and the unfortunate poor devils of soldiers walking about with mess tins, smelling the place more than the old long-bearded Jews in their jelly bees and Levites' assembly, and sound clear and gunfire for the men to cross the lines, and the warden marching with his keys to lock the gates, and the bagpipes and only Captain Groves and father talking about walks, drift and plevna, and Sir Garnet Wolseley and Gordon at Cartham lighting their pipes for them every time they went out. Drunken old devil with his grog on the windowsill, catch him leaving any of it, picking his nose, trying to think of some other dirty story to tell up in a corner. But he never forgot himself when I was there, sending me out of the room on some blind excuse, paying his compliments, the Bushmill whiskey talking, of course, but he'd do the same to the next woman that came along. I supposed he died of galloping drink ages ago, 
the days are like years. Not a letter from a living soul, except the odd few I posted to myself with bits of paper in them. So bored sometimes. I could fight with my nails, listening to that old Arab with the one eye and his he-ass of an instrument, singing his he-ya, he-ya, a he-ya, all my compliments on your hotchapotch of your he-ass, as bad as now with the hands hanging off me, looking out of the window. Oh, if there was a nice fellow, even in the opposite house. That medical in Hollis Street the nurse was after. When I put on my gloves and hat at the window, to show I was going out. Not a notion what I meant. Aren't they thick? Never understand what you say, even if you'd want to print it up on a big poster for them. Not even if you shake hands twice with the left. <sighs> he didn't recognise me either when I half frowned at him outside Westland Row Chapel. Where does their great intelligence come in, I'd like to know? Grey matter. They have it all in their tail, if you ask me. Those country gougers up in the city arms intelligence. They had a damn sight less than the bulls and cows they were selling, the meat and the Coleman's bell, that noisy bugger trying to swindle me with the wrong bill he took out of his hat. What a pair of paws and pots and pans and kettles to mend, any broken bottles for a poor man today, and no visitors or post ever, except his checks or some advertisement like that wonder worker they sent him addressed Dear Madam, only his letter and the card from Millie this morning. See, she wrote a letter to him. Who did I get the last letter from? Oh, <laughs> Mrs. Dwen. Now, whatever possessed her to write after so many years? To know the recipe I had for Pisto Madrileno. Flowey Dillon, since she wrote to say she was married to a very rich architect, if I'm to believe all I hear, with a villa and eight rooms. Her father was an awfully nice man. He was near 70, always good humour. Well, now, Miss Tweedy or Miss Gillespie, there's the piano that was, a solid silver coffee service he had to on the mahogany sideboard, then dined so far away. I hate people that have always their poor story to tell. Everybody has their own troubles. That poor Nancy Blake died a month ago of acute pneumonia. Well, I didn't know her so well as all that. She was Floey's friend more than mine. It's a bother having to answer. He always tells me the wrong things and no stops to say, like making a speech, your sad bereavement, sympathy. I always make that mistake and nephew with two W's in. I hope he'll write me a longer letter the next time, if it's a thing he really likes me. Ah, oh, thanks be to the great God, I got somebody to give me what I badly wanted, to put some heart up into me. You've no chances at all in this place like you used long ago. I wish somebody would write me a love letter. His wasn't much, and I told him he could write what he liked. Yours ever, Hugh Bolan. In old Madrid, silly women believe love is sighing. I am dying. Still, if he wrote it, I suppose there'd be some truth in it. True or no, it fills up your whole day and life. Always something to think about every moment and see it all around you like a new world. I could write the answer in bed to let him imagine me. Short, just a few words. 
Not those long, cross letters Attie Dillon used to write to the fellow that was something in the four courts that jilted her after, out of the lady's letter writer. When I told her to say a few simple words, he could twist how he liked, not acting with precipitate precipitancy, with equal candour, the greatest earthly happiness, answer to a gentleman's proposal affirmatively. My goodness, there's nothing else. It's all very fine for them. But as for being a woman, as soon as you're old, they might as well throw you out in the bottom of the ash pit.